Welcome, Welcome to, to Hide, Hide and Sleep, Sleep a paranormal, paranormal podcast. podcast. I'm Alana Gill. And I'm Dan Gill, and thanks for listening. We hope this podcast is as informative as it is spooky. We will be talking about everything from paranormal stories, haunted hotels, haunted locations, unsolved paranormal mysteries, horror movies, and more. We invite you to subscribe and spread the word. So sit back, grab a flashlight, and burn some stage. Did I say stage? Well, burn some sage, because things are about to get spooky. Well, spooky, what's up? You just ended that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a long week, Daniel. It's been a long week. Don't judge uh, me. I know. Listen, because I could have sworn there was a ghost inside my apartment last night, for real. Listen, I'm 150% positive that there's a ghost in mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, then you saw me post a meme. Um, I'll actually post it on our Hide and Sleep Instagram page. But the meme was, uh, let me actually pull it up. Because extremely relatable. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, ghostly stuff. Up in- <laughs> it's such a clown. Okay. Why can't I find this meme? That is so... See, this is what I'm saying. There's a ghost in here. There, The meme was in my phone, and I know I didn't delete it, but... You said you, said, you said you put it on your story? I had it on my story, but I think it's been 24 hours already. Um... But the meme was basically like, uh, it had said, wait, I think I might have found it. I think I might have found it. And no, I did not. Um, So the meme was like, when you look out the corner of your eye and you're not too sure if it's an eyelash or a spirit. And it's like, um, it's this guy like giving like a quick side eye. And that was me yesterday. I was sitting on... Yeah, I was sitting on my sofa um, watching Disenchantment, because I love my girl, Abby Jacobs, um, watching Disenchantment, and out of the corner of my eye, I see something move. And, like, we'll get into this in, like, other um, podcast episodes, but, like, my apartment is definitely haunted, um, and I'm thinking it's a spirit. So, like, I try not to do anything, and I try to, like, just close my eyes, but at one point it like becomes crazy and I see something like really move past me and I was about to go grab some sage and light this house up. <laughs> but it actually turned out to just be my snake plants moving from like the air vent. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> so we're good. But um, there was some crazy stuff that happened earlier today that, you know, we can go into when we get into our story. But I'm curious to know. What happened with you and why you thought you saw a ghost in your apartment yesterday? Not that I saw one, but, like, something definitely, like, knocked, like, a pack of pens off of my cabinets onto the floor. What? Yes. (laughs) Because I had, like, I was using pans to cook. I was cooking um, my meal for the week, and I put the pans back up, and, like, I finished cooking around 1230 and ended up falling asleep on my couch until like 3.30 and woke up and went to my room. Mm. And as soon as I like t- 
turn off the lights, close the doors. Wait, oh my but, god, did you hear that? I did hear that. What? <laughs> oh my god, see, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, H-E double hockey six, no. Dan, you... Because I'm, talk, I'm talking about them right now. <laughs> what the heck? Oh my god, that was so scary. I hope, I, I pray that it's picked up on this podcast. <laughs> what was that? I don't even know, but it sounded like a, like, wasn't it like a buzz? Yes! It was like, Yes! Uh-uh, uh-uh. But yeah, so I, like, shut off everything, hopped up into bed, and I hear something crash on the floor. I'm like, from outside into the, in the living room area. And I'm like, wait, what was that? Mm-hmm. So I like open the door and I'm peeking like seeing there was something close by, and I go to the kitchen and like a whole the whole stack of pans had like fell off onto the floor. I was like, wait, how did this happen? Because this was fine for like a whole four hours, and no. now it's gonna fly off the top of the cabinets. See, no, I'm good. You can keep that. That doesn't happen over here. Whatever spirits or ghosts that are in my apartment, they don't do a lot. Um, I see movement, um, but they don't knock anything over. I think they're pretty friendly, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, we can definitely get into that on another podcast because we are... We definitely need to get um started on this one because we have a lot a lot a lot to go over and this is like if not my favorite episode it is like my second favorite one (laughs) (laughs) why second because i just know that like the one that we're going to do next is going to be my fave okay so this is your second favorite episode because we only recorded two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my second favorite because the topic that we're doing today. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Okay, start. Go ahead. So every episode we like to do this thing called State of Fear where we like to discuss some unsolved mysteries of every state in the USA. So this episode we're going to be talking about two states that start with the letter A. Um, we're pretty much going to be essentially going down a list of the states in alphabetical order that you'll probably catch the drift of. But yeah, we're going to be doing Alabama and Alaska. So the one in Alabama, uh, this is called the Brasher Die Disappearance. So there were the Die brothers, Billy Howard and Robert, and so they ended up disappearing uh, in 1956 along with their cousin, Dan Brasher. So they were last seen leaving a relative's house in rural Jefferson County in a 1947 Green Ford, but no one even noticed they were missing because they were known to be heavy drinkers and often disappeared for a while, for days while sleeping off a binge. And then when a missing persons report was filed, um, the investigators questions like every time they asked something, people would just like be real silent and standoffish about it or like start telling these like tall tales. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for example uh, there was one of a bulldozer burying a car under a highway so they're saying that like people were running running out of bulldozer to get rid of the evidence um, but the case still remains 
Unsolved Today. Um, I know the last, I remember seeing an article, and it was, I guess the most recent one was like 2016. Um, and so they were saying that you know, like new information has come up, come like surfaced about the mystery of the three men who vanished in Jefferson County. And so according to a chief, Brian Cochran of the Morris Police Department in Alabama, um, a witness had given some pertinent information just regarding the disappearances of the three guys. Mm. Um, and so they were saying that uh, the three men had been accompanied by several other acquaintances, acquaintances that night, as well as Robert Earl's wife. They headed to Sardis, to the home of Mrs. Bessie Brasher, Dan's mother's cabin in the woods to attend a party. Mm. As the whiskey and moonshine flowed at this party, a scuffle broke out, causing the men to leave and to then drop Robert Earl's wife home. The three then proceeded to a popular hangout in Robin Wood Station, Alabama, and then on to Billy Howard Dodd's girlfriend's house in the area. After that, it has been speculation for many years what had occurred after they arrived. Um, they're saying that the county has searched caves, abandoned mines, creeks, and they're still, like, they have no results. Um, a neighbor who lived next to Billy Howard's girlfriend told, told police that on the night the men were last seen, a bucket brigade had been set up to bring water into the home as if there had been some sort of accident that needed to be cleaned up. Oh. And later, several men were seen leaving with picks and shovels in both Billy Howard's Ford and another automobile. The other car returned, but the Billy Green's Ford auto did not. And so there's a bunch of, like, rumors about what's going on. And some say there was, like, a cover-up by the officials who were supposed to be investigating. Mm. Um, there were rumors that, well, they know for sure that it involved, like, moonshine and whiskey and stuff like that. So it was definitely alcohol involved. Yeah. And some say, some say that the three men have been stealing bootleg moonshine from a prominent individual who essentially ran all of the bootlegging operations flowing out of Jefferson County. And so they say that he found out and had to handle his business. And then there was an inmate who had said that he had taken part in the murders of the three individuals, mm-hmm. but that proven to be a false confession. See, why would people lie like that? That's not even funny because... Right. Like... You, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm going mean, to, he's probably already in prison for life. So he was like, well, let me just admit to something else. Maybe it'll give me some less time. Or just like, somebody was like, oh, just take this, take this out for us. Got to go. But that's a little scary, to be honest. Like you go missing, two brothers go missing and their cousin. And they were last seen leaving a relative's house. My thing is, is did the relatives not know anything about this? You know what I'm saying? Like, did the relatives not question, you know, like any of this going on since they were the last ones that saw them? Well, they said that, like, they had, like, a habit of, like, drinking, going out, like, drinking and then not coming back for days. I guess back then, like, drinking wasn't considered, like, to be such an issue as it is now. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why 
That's the only thing I can think of. Because if my relatives go out drunk, one, I probably wouldn't allow them to do that. But two, excuse me, I don't know why I'm such a burpy biatch during these things. (laughs) 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 Um, Two, if they did and they didn't come back, I'd be trying to find them. You know, I'd be calling them. I'd be out driving around searching for them if I could. Like, I just wouldn't be like, okay, they're missing, you know? Like, I would go to their frequent spots, reach out to people that they know, or I don't know. This just seems a little sketchy altogether, to be honest. Yeah, but this could be, like, one of those, like, mob situations where everyone's like, all right, we don't we ain't see nothing. Like, we don't want him coming after us. Oh, my God. Did you hear that noise again? Yeah, I heard it. What in the world, Dan? This is haunted for real. <laughs> oh my God, that's scary. That's really scary. Mm-mm. Let me get into my story because whatever yes. ghost this is is not happy with us talking about this one. Mm, must be an alcoholic ghost. Oh, oh <laughs> forgive me. Don't, don't. Sorry, ghost. Sorry, ghost. Okay. So the one that I'm going to be doing is in Alaska, um, and it is titled The Investor Murders. So in 1982, an $850,000 fishing boat named The Investor was seen burning off of the coast of Craig. Inside of this boat, eight bodies were found. The body of the owner, his pregnant wife, their two daughters, and four crewmen. They had been shot to death and left to burn. One possible suspect was tried, but had been acquitted due to lack of hard ed- evidence. Authorities still haven't determined a motive. The case is the biggest case in Alaska and most famous unsolved mystery there. Um, but according to a few of the um online articles uh authorities still haven't been able to determine a motive for this and um they stated that hours after shooting the victims the suspect who they still have not caught um police were able to find a 22 caliber caliber pistol or rifle Um, And that the gunman had fired up the engines on the 58-foot, $850,000 investor, waving nonchalantly to a nearby skipper as he moved to the vessel with victims' bodies inside. So during that time, the people that saw the vessel moving had no idea that there were dead people on board, but they couldn't see who the guy was driving the boat. Um, And they saw... Um, this guy driving to a secluded bay a mile outside of town. Um, but the thing is, he motor backed to the weather beaten docks in the investor's skiff, returning the next afternoon with a can of gasoline to set the craft ablaze before speeding back to town and then vanishing. So people were able to see that, but they weren't able to see who he was. Um, so um, authorities would later describe the suspect as a white male in his early 20s with a pop-marked complexion. Two years passed before police arrested John Peel, who was the um, suspect. Um, and he actually worked for Mark, who was the owner of the investor. Um, but he claimed to be asleep at the time of the killings. Um, but he was picked up based on similar sketches to the suspect. 
And then um, his first trial was in 1986, and it was hinged on circumstantial evidence and lasted over six months. Prosecutors did suggest that he committed the murders because of a falling out he had with Mark, but it ended in a hung jury. Um, After being found not guilty in a retrial two years after, Peel filed a wrongful prosecutor. Why can't I not talk today? Goodness. <laughs> a wrong prosecution suit against the state to recoup his legal fees and was awarded a reported financial settlement settlement of $900,000. Police are also no longer looking for this killer. And the case is closed, according to Tim Despain, who was a spokesman for the Alaska State Troopers. Um, so this case is a little alarming because people were actually able to see a person um, riding this boat and then setting in a blaze, but not able to actually see who it is. And this person just completely vanished, like killing a whole family. So my thing is, is like, what did this person get out of it? Because this seems like a little like a revenge thing to me, you know? And for some reason, this. Yeah, that's wild. This peel guy. I feel like he did it. Honestly, Um, if he fits the uh, description, not because not always do, you know, the descriptions work, but if he fits the description and he has a motive, you know, he had a falling out with the guy that owned the boat and he used to work for him. There could be something there, but obviously the courts couldn't find anything. Um, But it just seems like something is a little off here. Like what? What could be the reason why someone would want to kill an entire family? Or maybe he didn't try to kill the family. Maybe he wanted to just kill one person and then all these people were just kind of collateral. You know, like he went up there to kill mm-hmm. and he noticed all these people up there and they noticed him. So he had no other choice. That could be it. Mm. I don't know. What if it was like one of those um, murder-suicide things, though? But they didn't find his body or anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, if what if what if like a situation where the owner had found out that like his wife was pregnant by somebody else, and he was like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna go fishing," and then bam, like killed them all and himself, and then burned. So the thing, okay, so I could agree with that, but that would only be if he killed all of them first, then went to shore to get gasoline, then drove back, waved to everyone, and then set the whole, you know, then set the whole thing ablaze first, then then shot himself, you know, like started, you know, setting the boat on fire first, shooting himself, and then just burning everybody up. But remember, the report also said that it sh- that they like there were some people who saw someone set the boat on fire and then get in another boat and speed off and vanish. Mm. So I mean, so that wouldn't work. Murder suicide wouldn't work because they said that he drove back to town, right? Yeah. Well, they said that he rode back into yeah, I think rode back into town or rode back to shore to get gasoline. And then rode back to uh, set the boat on fire. Mm. So, I mean, he could have, you know, did this and then had someone, you know, working with him like, hey, burn this up after this happens sort of thing. I mean, I don't know. That's that's the whole beauty of an unsolved mystery. 
True. Like never know. You it's like you can speculate and speculate and speculate, but at the end of the day, all you can do is guess. Unless someone comes forward <laughs> and gives us more. <laughs> True. <laughs> so let's see. What do we have next? Ooh. It was all a screen. (laughs) 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 I crack myself up, honestly. Let's see. Um, So we are going to go over in this section, movies. Um, So last uh, episode, we talked about Leprechaun. This episode, we are going to talk about the release of It Chapter 2. Came out on September 6th. And then we are going to discuss our top three Stephen King movies. Um, So It Chapter 2, Dan, what are your feelings towards this movie? I I like the movie personally. I mean, like, it's just such a long movie. And it's a horror movie, so you got to make sure, like, when you're doing doing a horror movie and it's a long movie, that it doesn't drag. (laughs) And the ending of It Chapter 2 definitely, like, it dragged on for quite some time. Oh, my God. Yes. So my boyfriend said the same thing. Like, he was just like, okay, I feel like now they're just doing stuff because, like, they could have ended this a long time ago. For real, though, it was like, dang, all right. You done made this almost pretty much a three-hour movie. With an ending that could have been 20 minutes less. No, seriously. But, I mean, I I liked the movie, but there were parts of the movie that I just had some issues with. So, one being, oh, God, I hate that I can't remember the character's name. I think it might have been Richie or something like that. He was the one that was closeted gay. And yes, he, oh, guys, sorry. Spoil alert for people who have not seen this. <laughs> right. Super spoiler alert. Um, closeted gay and like it taunted him. He used that as his fear because he didn't want people to know. And then he had ample opportunity after surviving to be able to tell his friends all about who they are, you know, who he is, just like everyone else was able to like get their fears out and all this and other stuff. They kept, they like, he kept it as a secret. And at the end when I think his name is Mike, uh, told them like oh yeah like you're gonna be receiving a letter from you know somebody in my head I'm like oh my god is this a letter telling everyone like about him like is he you know is he going to talk to everyone about this like I got really excited Mm -hmm. thinking that that was gonna happen and it turned out that it was just Stan (laughs) like (laughs) I mean as surprising as it was I would have rather it have been you know, it ending with this character being able to fully develop. Like, you know, like this is about them 27 years later. They're adults now. They have careers. They just gone through a second traumatic experience with each other. They just lost a friend. They thought they lost another one. Like this would have been a great opportunity for them to really be able to connect and open well, up. They did, to- they, they did lose two friends. Yeah. they Well, who? They lost Stan and then Eddie died. Well, Stan, oh, Stan lived. Remember, he sent them the the. Well, I'm, not, I'm not Stan. Wait, no, is it? Stan lived. The remember? one, that, the one that killed himself in the tub. Stan, no, that was fake. Remember, he sent the letter at the end, like you know, no, to kill 
himself. Yes. He sent, the letter, he sent the letters out before he killed himself. Dan, please watch this again. He's, he's alive. He sent the letter out and said he had to do it. He had to fake it because... Um, no, he actually killed himself. Dan, no, he didn't. We can argue about this all night, but Stan is alive. Why he's not? Yes, he is. Stan no. is alive. Yes, he is. No, because even even in the in the book and in the original movie, Stan dies. Hold on, I'm I'm about to see it right now. Girl, I'm telling you, he died. But he they he they finally received a letter from him saying that he had to do this because he wouldn't be able he would have died anyway. Hold on, I'm reading this. You can keep talking about it, but I need to find this out. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you that Stan dies. He was saying that he would have just brought them down if he went because he he knows he wouldn't have been able to face it and would have ended up dying anyway. So I don't know. I'm trying to I, like I know what you're talking about. Like they were reading the letters and it showed like it showed him writing them, but that was like just before. Oh, maybe he did die. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything about oh, him. Not I'm telling you, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought, like, it was like, just kidding. I had to pretend to be dead for y'all. I'm going um, to watch it again tonight. Yeah, I think I need to watch it again. That's okay. But yeah, obviously, there's a lot going on up in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do think it was great overall. I think it was really good. It was like, started def- off pop, bam. It was like from the very beginning, it was in your face, front and center. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I really liked it though. I think, but for me, with the It series, I I still stand by the original being the scariest one. Mm, I don't think so. Are you crazy? Imagine being like a five year old kid watching that. That will scar you. I was scared of clowns for years. Like, like I'm not saying like the the first one like I appreciate too, but but like the new one it just had it had more scares in it overall. Like there the the new one had way more appearances from it in many different ways than the original. Like the original really made you like sit and bask in like the clown versus like mm-hmm. the various fears of everyone. This was really, I don't know. I mean, this was scary, yes, for sure. I was in that theater, like, screaming, like, at certain points. I know it's pissing my <laughs> friend off. But, like, that old one, that old one is different. Like, that, I think, from being a kid and be, growing up in the era that I grew up, um, that old one definitely, to me, is more scary than the other ones like i'm hesitant to even watch the older one than i am the newer ones to be honest i like i do agree with you generally that like the originals are much scarier than the remakes because i know for like for instance nightmare on the street that first one is way better than oh yeah original remake oh yeah for sure for sure for sure let me see. Mm. Well, speaking of Stephen King, what are your top three Stephen King movies? 
Ooh, um, for me, I'm going, my top, 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 top one is The Shining. Here's Johnny. I love that one. <laughs> um, Carrie and it, um, are we talking about like why they're my tops? I mean, you can. <laughs> okay. So The Shining is scary because one, Jack Nicholson, he's an amazing actor. And honestly, Stanley Kubrick directed it. <clears throat> and he's a nut job. Oh my god, Dan, did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. There that. is it sounded like something is like dropping. I don't know. I can't. This is making me so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so uh I like Stanley Kubrick, a friend of mine um that I met last year over the summer introduced me to Stanley Kubrick and um the Shining is one of the movies that he directed, but The Shining is just so scary to me. It honestly, it just takes you on so many different like paths mentally. Like you see some scary ass twins, you see some scary ass old lady, then you see this like freaking bar that's not even there. It's filled with ghosts and it's just nuts. And then what the heck is that? Oh, I don't have time for ghosts tonight. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. Let me blow out these candles. Maybe they're bringing them in. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. Woo! About to sage during this podcast. <laughs> I ain't got time. <laughs> but yeah, so um I like I really like I think The Shining was really, really good. Carrie. Carrie actually I like that movie because not only was it like scary, but it also taught you the importance of being nice to everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You should not treat people wrong. Like, I mean, if people are treating you badly, then, I mean, go ahead. Be my guest. I'm all for, like, treating others how you want to be treated. Anything I say, don't say anything at all. Exactly. But in Carrie's situation, she didn't bother anyone. She wasn't nasty. She wasn't rude to anyone. People just picked on her for absolutely no reason. And, you know, like, she ended up having powers and she, like, killed everybody. But, like... The whole thing, I think the theme behind that is just kind of the golden rule, like treating others others the way you want to be treated. Um, So I really like that. And then my last one is It. Um, Surprisingly, it's not the original It. It's going to be the second, well, the remake of the original It. So not the second one, not the original, but the remake of It. Um, And I'm choosing that one because I think it really helped to develop the characters you got to really kind of see each kid in a different light like you got to see what michael went through as like the black kid and stan as the jewish kid and um i think eddie was you know like the hypochondriac with like the mom that was just like overbearing and um you know the and Ben like you know the fat kid who's in love with the one the in love with the girl who like writes poems and all this different other stuff and how they just come together as friends to fight off this you know this horrible thing that's killing kids and yeah. stuff like that so I really 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 love that so those are my top three how about you well we have two of the same in our top three and that's it and Carrie I'm just gonna put it like both the original and the remake in the whole category because just the concept of like during its time it was like a clown that people like associate with bringing joy to kids and bringing like laughter 
and bam, Stephen King hits you with a clown that kills and like feeds off fear and stuff like that. So it was like a really in, like out of the box concept for the time period it was in, and I enjoyed both the original and the remake in their own rights. Even though I do like how the remake, like you said, does a good job of like showing character development for sure Mm -hmm. and as far as Carrie it was like it's like I feel like she's like an anti-hero kind of sort of not really but like have you seen the show called The Boys um I can't say that I have it's like a it's not Netflix uh Amazon original and it's about like these superheroes who, like, also kill people, but, like, are... It just shows you, like, the dark side of superheroes, pretty much. And so, like, Carrie was, like, innocent, but, like, just retaliated against people who did her wrong. And it was a different type of horror or thriller, I guess you can say. And my last one is Misery. Um, That was just, wow. Like, the idea of, like, like, I feel like that was a very, out of the three, like, the most psychological thriller in terms of the content. Because it was like, wow, you never thought this lady was out going to do what she started doing. She was so obsessed to a point, spoiler, if you haven't seen Misery, she was just so obsessed to a point where, like, she made the author do what she wanted and, like, didn't care if she hurt him or whatever. Like, she was obsessed and, like, loved him, but wouldn't, wouldn't mind hurting him either. And, like, Kathy Bates was amazing in it. And this is called Misery? Yeah. Yeah, I have never seen this. I think it was on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, Misery was that was a good one. Mm. I'm gonna have to watch this. I kind of like it. I love Kathy Bates in American Horror Story. So. Yeah, that's that's like the, she played like that real like sadistic Ooh. old lady role. I like that. I like that. Mm. Well, not old lady. She was younger here. Lit, lit, lit. Okay, yeah, so cool. So those are our um, top three movies, Stephen King movies. But today, 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 and today's podcast is all about seances. Um, and oh wait, wait, hold on. Before we get into that, if you're like, don't forget to add us with your your top three favorite Stephen King movies. Oh, yeah, do that. Let us know what your top three Stephen King movies are. Um, and let us know what you thought about It Chapter 2 as well. Give them the socials. Yep. Well, we can do that at the end. Cause, okay, um, okay, we'll do that. Do that at the end. Um, so, um, yeah, so today's episode is all about seances and um, the place that we are talking about. Because you know that this podcast is specifically about... Um, us going to haunted places and just kind of um, seeing what happens when we get there. Um, This is going to be about 
our house that we grew up in. We call it 152. Yes, good old 152. Good old 152. We grew up there years and years and years. Literally the house we grew up in. Um, it's in Long Branch, New Jersey. And it is haunted as a mother fudger, okay? <laughs> it is very haunted. Um, in upcoming episodes, you will hear more about this house. But um, in regards to this episode, we are going to just talk about a seance that was done there. Um, but prior to us going deep into the story of our seance that was done there, um, I'm going to let Dan just kind of go over like... You know, so a brief description of a seance and then just like some other pertinent details that have to do with that. So, Dan, take it away. Yeah. So seances, if you haven't heard of them or you don't know what they are, it is like an occultist is an occultist practice and is defined as a meeting at which people attempt to communicate or make contact with the spirits or the dead. And so some other ways people try and like make the like to make communication with the spirits or the dead uh they use things called a spirit board and so they're also known as talking boards or more popularly known as ouija boards to the mainstream uh, community and they're typically flat table made of wood uh masonite chipboard or plastic um, and then on the board are Numbers, symbols, pictures, letters, numbers, and or words, uh, just depending on which, what type of spirit board you have. And it's usually accompanied by a planchet, which is French for little war. Um, so they usually take the form of like a pointer and like on three legs or like a magnifying glass type of thing, if you will. And... Some, like, people make homemade boards, and if they do them homemade, of course, uh, instead of, like, making their own planchette, uh, they'll just use a shot glass. Uh, but most basic Ouija boards contain just a simple alphabet and, like, yes or no at the tops. Um, so what these boards are used for... Um, or how it's used is one or more of the participants in the seance places one or two fingers on the planchette, and, which is on like the middle of the board. And the appointed medium asks questions to the spirits that are about and see if they are willing to communicate. Okay. I didn't want to talk while you were talking, but there was this loud, like, while you were saying a portion of your thing and I'm literally <laughs> I I am a hundred percent sure that there are some type of spirits around the both of us tonight and I don't know if they're happy about us talking about seances and stuff. I'm just gonna keep it real. Like I know for a fact if I can hear them, they are gonna be on this recording and I'm gonna be livid if they are not because <laughs> is proof that spirits do exist okay so that's all i'm gonna say but let me get into my part if you hear something cut me off <laughs> <laughs> but okay um so what are some things that you should know if you would like to have a seance so the first thing is to know who is in the room so experts state that a minimum of three people is best 
Everyone participating should be of sound mind, talking about not being boozed up, high, or full of negative energy. Um, the second thing is knowing what you want to get out of it going into the session. So setting your intentions and having an open mind to all possibilities of communication. The third thing is consider bringing in a professional. So a medium would be considered a professional um, and be a great person to have on hand as they understand how to communicate with spirits. Not saying that they have to be a part of the entire session, but they are able to navigate and communicate with the spirits in a way that normal people cannot. Um, number four, make sure everything, including the people participating, are clean, um, literally and figuratively. So some suggest taking a sea salt or an Epsom salt bath right before the session to cleanse your energy. If salt is not your thing, then smudging before and after the session should work. And always, always, always open and close a session with a prayer or meditation on protection and light. Um, the fifth thing is to set the scene have a table and chairs for everyone present. You can have the room lit or dark with candles around, but just know the darker the room, the more likely you are to connect with earthbound spirits. And those are what we consider to be ghosts instead of the angels. If using candles, keep them white or pink if white is not on hand. In addition to candles, burning sage or sandalwood incense is a good way to increase the vibrations of the room. Dan? Wow. Um... I'm just thinking of what we're getting, what we're going to talk about not in like not too long of a moment. <laughs> and what we did not do. <laughs> but you know, we, <laughs> we did do like some. Some um, of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is, you know, what Alana said, uh, the more props, the better. So if Ouija boards are your thing, then this would be a great prop to use. But if you are uncomfortable doing that, then like they say, like have candles, a little salt in a circle, or simple olive oil to bless or charge the candles should work along with salt. Um, they'll say oil and stones like black tourmaline. Um, you may also choose to put items like bells or feathers on the table for the spirit to be able to move through and manipulate. Um, a good note would also have a recording device available um, just so that you can catch anything uh, paranormal. And they also say find like a prayer or a chant to do um, either well, all together before, during if something goes crazy, and after just to make sure you open and close. Um, and you got to remember that ghosts are just like people. And remember to be kind, so that means no yelling, no demanding. And if you reach a spirit that you were not trying to contact, at least, like, you got to be polite um, when you ask for a message from someone who has taken the time to try and connect with you as well. And lastly, if it feels scary, stop. Um, so when doing seances, you really have, like, no idea who you are going to be communicating with most of the time. And so some of these spirits may be like negative and bring a negative energy, like demonic energy into the spirit. You have contact that begins to make you feel uncomfortable. You can ask them politely to leave and then close the sounds and make sure to cleanse the space and yourselves directly afterwards. Cool. 
So um, now that we have the list of things that you should know before doing a seance, um, we're going to just kind of go into a quick um, overview of a couple of seances that have been reported um, in history. And although we don't have the exact dates and times, we do have a description of what happened. So we just kind of go, I read one, Dan reads one, then I read one again. Um and then we're going to go into the story of our seance. Um, so the first one is dabbling in a seance opens a door to demons. So spending years in a creepy hellish room can force anybody to take drastic measures. For this unidentified man growing up in Michigan, he knew his room had a seriously bad vibe. When he allowed two occult dabbling friends to hold a seance to find out the cause of his eerie visions and unexplained voices, things went from bad to worse. The seance backfired. His girlfriend started shouting for the friends to leave. On investigation, the man found her acting as if she was possessed. Her body was heavier than normal and her mouth was moving, but nothing was coming out. He and his friends then encountered a demon named Enlil, who told them it had been used it had been using his bedroom as a gateway and the seance had unleashed him, along with a host of other terrifying spirits. Though they said the gateway had been closed, there's no assurance that a closed door can't be opened again. That is wild. AF. AF. Literally. Okay, so the next one is called An Eerie Prediction Turns a Skeptic into a Believer. So while you really can't trust everything Ouija board tells you, um, this Reddit user discovered their might be more truth to a prediction than meets the eye. So according to the post, the Redditor asked the spirit they had connected with to make a prediction about a future news event to which the spirit replied, to die, to die, to die, to die, to die, and gave a car accident as the cause of death with Paris as the location. So the user didn't understand because they lived in Ohio, so they were like, all right, uh, this is like a bogus prediction. So a month later, um, Princess Diana of Wales died in a tragic car accident in Paris. And so I guess the thing is, like, was the Ouija board trying to tell them, like, a story about something that was just going to happen? Uh, or was it like... Just a spirit just was there to talk about just event, like events in general mm. and not really directed towards that per- specific person's future events. Okay, but that's a little um, coincidental, to be honest. Right. I mean, if that was me, I probably would have said something to someone. I'd have been like, um, yeah. They probably would have thought I was crazy, but I would have had to say something to somebody. Seriously. But um, the last story, um, a late night spirit visitor seeks solace. So sometimes you don't realize you've experienced something inexplicable until after it's all over. As the Reddit user found out when dabbling with the Ouija board on New Year's Eve, a spirit identifying itself as Eugene said it was afraid. It directed the poster and their brother to the radio, which was playing a song by heart. The board then began repeating the word heart, following up with cryptic statements like don't go and church. 
It wasn't until the next morning that the encounter made sense. A distant great uncle named Eugene had suffered a heart attack overnight and after dying on the table several times and regaining consciousness, said he'd been terrified he'd end up in hell for not attending church regularly, regularly, just as the board had indicated. So, yeah. So these seances, um, I don't know about you, but I do not want to use a Ouija board. That is something I do not want to do. I know a lot of people say, like, if you're doing it with people, most times those people are just moving it around themselves. You're not really contacting spirits. But I feel like because we are open individuals, um, we will definitely contact something and it might not be good. And I definitely don't want to have anything bad up in this space because I pride myself on having a very safe, serene and peaceful environment and i don't want anything ruining that it's not only about positive energy so Mm -mm, so i'm good with that but (laughs) now we are going to talk and discuss 152 so i am going to let dan (laughs) start this one off because he's the reason for it all so first off don't say i'm the reason for it so just like i don't know like anything like paranormal or scary someone wants to do <laughs> in this family, they go to Dan. <laughs> so all the time is like, cause they, they, they know I'm down for most things. So they were like, Oh, like it, first off, it was like a build up to it because they would always go, Oh, oh damn, let's do a seance. Let's do a seance. Let's, and I'm like, y'all really don't want to do a seance. Like, why are you asking to do one? <laughs> and so I would like, I would, I would like try and like, I'd be like, all right, so what's doing then? And then they were like, all right, no, 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 no. <laughs> so one time I was like, all right, now we're doing this for a for And so things that I did, that we did do <laughs> was we set up the area in like a circular we were in the kitchen yeah we set up in like a circular uh shape um we had a candle we didn't have we had more than one candle yeah i think um, we had four we had four candles yeah we had four candles and we like were connected and stuff like that and i i think i was the one that was acting as the medium you were. <laughs> I was the one acting as the medium because I really, tr- honestly, truly believe that I have a, like the sixth sense. Oh for <laughs> I really do. You know, I'll be telling you I got a sixth sense. And be wrong sometimes. So <laughs> I, first, I'm never wrong. <laughs> I'm never been wrong about the sixth <laughs> sense. <laughs> so don't even try. Well, first of all, you're skipping major parts, like the people that were involved. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you 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 can speak on it too. Okay. Right now? Yeah, go ahead. Tell me who was involved. Because um, you you were the main one like, oh yeah, let's do it. Okay, so after we finally committed to doing this freaking seance, um well backstory, the reason why we wanted to do the seance was because we lived in a haunted house growing up and we're being haunted by a little girl. So uh, when we first moved into the house, we would hear all these stories about how a young girl died in our backyard. She drowned in a pool. Um, that pool had been cemented up 
and grass had grown over it. So it happened years and years and years ago. Um, but, but we never went back there. Yeah, but we never. Well, I mean, we went back there until like it over it was overgrown with like grass and looked like a jungle. But um, yeah, so like there were always like these instances where we would hear like these phantom footsteps or like if my younger sister was like playing around in the house, she'd be like playing with someone that wasn't there, um, playing with someone named Sally. Uh, and you know, I being that I lived. Uh, in I slept in the room that was below the attic. Um, I would hear these steps all the time. I would hear footsteps like people were up there. Um, you know, we've my mom had people come over to check and look and they said it was just squirrels. I know what a squirrel sounds like. It was not that um, things would, you know, be misplaced and moved and mm-hmm. all this different other stuff. So we lived in a very haunted house. It wasn't anything like bad that happened, but it was haunted. So we were like, okay, like if this Sally person is real, we want to connect with her and we want to talk to her. Like, I honestly didn't believe anything was going to come out of it. So that's why I was with it. And then um, our youngest sister, Day, who was also our uh, social media content manager, um, she was there. And then Maya, our cousin, who uh, has semi worked with my sister on content management, Um, She was there too. Uh, My sister does not play around when it comes to scary stuff at all. She doesn't really like it. Maya, on the other hand, she likes to pretend to be tough. Um, And so like, she'll she'll be like down for it until something really happens. And then she's like, nope, no thanks. Nope, I'm done. Um, So it was us four in the kitchen. Um, We had four candles. I believe two were white and then two were like burnt like a tannish brown. Um, we had them set up in four corners. Um, Daniel was sitting uh, closer to the, uh, he was sitting to the east. I was sitting to mm-hmm. the south. Maya was sitting to the north. Day was sitting to the west. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how the table was set. We had turned all of the lights off, had the candles only lit. Um, I think Dan had I feel like we had like an actual thing of salt in the middle of the table. Um, and then mm-hmm. Dan had a Bible. So you take it away from there. So I just gave them a little backstory. But yeah, so then you had the Bible. Yeah, so and then we all drew hands. I made sure we did like a prayer before. Yes. Just to <laughs> clear out any bad juju and just ask for that veil of protection real quick. Um and so I was just like, I was like, all right, everyone, like, close your eyes. And I just started, like, have, like, trying to have a conversation with who we know as Sally. So, like, I was just like, hey, Sally, like, you know, uh, we heard about what happened to you. Um, and we just want to be able to, like, have a conversation with you and, see what you have to say and stuff like that. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is when things started to get too out of control for some people involved. (laughs) Um, Everybody involved, but you. (laughs) So go ahead, Alana. How'd you react? First of all, what started happening? Yeah, so next he goes, um, so so at this point, I think all of our eyes are open. Um, so we open our eyes, and Dan goes, Sally, 
if you are here, make yourself known and lie to you freaking not. Those candles went completely out and then came back on. (laughs) Those candles went completely out and came back on. And then there was like the, so my mom in the kitchen, she had like, uh, I forgot what those kitchen curtains, kitchen curtains. And when the candles went out, um, and then they came back on. It was like a gust of wind. But mind you, it was during I think it was during the summer because it was hot out. Um, the windows were closed and everything. So like the kitchen mm. moved and everything. So like imagine being at, in the dark with, with kit, lit candles. Nothing's moving. Everything's silent. And then you say, Sally, if you are here, make yourself known. Then all of a sudden all the candles go out. And then like they come back on. And when they come back on, they're flickering super fast all at one time. As soon as that happened, as soon as that happened, we no, we were all like, oh hell no, nope, not at all. So like, I pushed myself away from the table. My little cousin and my sister get up. My cousin leaves the house. She calls her mom. She's outside crying, and my just like pick me up. Yeah, she's like, pick me up, pick me up. Like, I'm not going back outside the house. Like, there's a ghost in the house. And my sister doesn't want to come back in the kitchen. Like, they're just against coming back in here. I'm scared to even move. Dan's still holding this Bible in his hand in the same spot he's been before. And it's just like, at this point, as you know, like from what we discussed about seances earlier, it is important to make sure you are cleansed afterwards and make sure that you are closing out of the seance. At this yes. point, when we saw that we didn't close out of it, we were just like, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I had to close out of it myself. SMH. This was it, and this will be it. This will be the first and last seance Alana will ever do in life. <laughs> I was done. I was completely done. I was like, no, no thanks. If I had, if I would have had heard a voice, listen. That would have been like crazy for her. If I would have heard a voice, that would have been the, there would not be a podcast happening right now. I'm (laughs) telling you, (laughs) I would have been six feet under dead, dead. I would have had a heart attack. No lie. Yeah, so uh, that is how the seance went at 152. Um, But the thing is, is like Dan said, he had to close out of himself. I don't even know what he did. I wanted (laughs) part. I wanted no parts. (laughs) None. I wanted no parts. How did you even close it out? I don't think I. I don't think we've even talked about it since like it happened. No, I mean I just like I said thank you for coming. I got to go, <laughs> did a prayer real quick, and called it a day. Yeah, I did not. I was just like, I'm okay with this. I'm I'm glad that I don't have to do anything like that anymore. But, like, so many weird things happened in that house that it was almost, like, impossible to not have a spirit in there. Literally, like in our basement, that oh my god, the basement you would hear things yeah, like you would hear, mm-hmm. like you would hear our mom talking down there, and our mom would literally be in her bedroom, 
um, scary things like that. So, like, we definitely wanted to just see, like, I honestly didn't, like I said before, um, like, I didn't really start believing in stuff like this until this happened. You know, like... Um, Aunt Judy was there before us, and remember they had, like, I guess her, her ceiling started dripping? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the house that we that we grew up in, our aunt lived in prior to us and her ceiling was dripping this like goo. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like no source of the goo. Like It's not like it rained or, it wasn't, like, like, rain or, or, like, that. or like a leak or, like from yeah, a pipe. It it was, it was, yeah, it was literally just dripping this goo from the ceiling. Um, We didn't have that, though. We yeah, didn't, we did experience that. But we just had weird things happen. Like, a lot of weird things happen. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. But that was the seance. I'm glad that Dan closed out of it the way that he did. Because if it was up to us... <laughs> it would never have been closed. <laughs> other spirits might have been coming out, too. Because right. we didn't even think about closing it. We, first of all, we weren't... Let's make one thing clear. We weren't even knowledgeable on seances when we did this. It was just kind of like a joke thing for the rest of us. We were just like, yeah, let's just do it. You know, we're bored. Let's just have some fun. <laughs> and and things got real. If it's going down, we're going to do it the right way. And it, would, and, and it literally got too real. And, like, I have told so many people this story about this seance. And I've told so many people about stories um, about the house that I live in that I'm so excited that we finally have a podcast where we can go over all of this stuff um, mm-hmm. because it's interesting, like, for people to be skeptics. And I speak to a lot of skeptics, and I'm like, no, you if you lived in the house that I lived in growing up and have experienced the things that I've experienced you would not be a skeptic. And like one thing I do experience a lot is sleep paralysis. Like I experienced my first, my first sleep paralysis actually happened after the seance was done in that house. Um, And that was terrifying, terrifying, terrifying. Oh my God. What was that? Girl, what was that? Dan. Did that come from your side or my side? I think it came from your side. No, it didn't. Well, I honestly can't hear anything with these headphones in, but I know I heard a sound. No. It was like something dropped, right? Yeah, yes. Nothing dropped over here. I've been sitting in the same spot for like the last hour. I'm going to get up and watch it be those same pans that fell off. Oh, my God. This is like literally the most haunted freaking podcast out. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, so that is all about seances and, um, you know, how we like to end our podcast. And that is with um, our Once Upon a Boo short, scary series. Well, short, scary story series. Um, And this one is um, made by me. So it's my own little scary short. Well, Um, we want to start doing ones that we write now. Yeah, so now we're going to start doing ones that we personally write. Um, So here it goes. For as long as I could remember, I had trouble sleeping. My mind would race all night long thinking about what the next day would bring. But today, today felt different. I woke up knowing that this would be a day I would never forget. After doing my usual tasks of working, yoga, and reading, I took a warm bath to soothe the stresses of my day. As I lay submerged in the warm lavender-scented water, I dozed off. 
I awoke to a voice calling my name. My eyes blurred open, but my body couldn't move. I was caught in a state of paralysis. I tried to speak, but no words would come out. I hear the voice again, but this time I see a tall menacing shadow looming over the bathroom walls. I shut my eyes tight out of fear as the sound of the voice got closer. As I took my next breath, I opened my eyes cautiously and saw what looked like a creature from hell standing next to my bath. I tried to scream, but the words wouldn't come out. My mouth was closed shut. The steaming looking monster smiled at me and said, let the nightmare begin. Ooh, mm, I know. Wow, makes me what, a, what a cliffhanger ending right there. Ooh, makes me nervous to take a bath now. <laughs> you know how you love your baths. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so that was the end of the short. Um, but Dan, do you want to go over where we're gonna be going next for our uh ap- for our next episode? Yes, so on our next episode, we are going to be featuring stories from our visit to Fletchertown Road in Bowie, Maryland. Okay, sir, it's Bowie, Maryland. Bowie, Bowie. Bowie. (laughs) I don't know that DMV lingo. (laughs) Bowie. He's going to be in Maryland, so we're going to go to Fletchertown Road in Bowie, but Dan, tell us about Fletchertown Road. Yes, yeah, so in Fletchertown Road, um, there are these varying origin stories of the Goatman, who, according to urban legend, roams Fletchertown Road. And some have heard it was like this product of like a human-animal breeding experiment who escaped from like the nearby Department of Agriculture Research Center. And others say that it's the incarnation of a former goat farmer who went crazy after teens killed his goats. So um, the creature is said to have murdered and eaten many victims, including dogs. Um, I don't, they, don't, they don't really say that he's been eating humans, um, but he was eating, like, eating things, including dogs, in the 1950s and 60s. And as recently as the 1970s, people have claimed sightings in the area's woods, and witnesses said he had like these red eyes and these like very tattered clothes and they said that visitors have seen a half goat half man covered in blood and he's been known to decapitate dogs and scare teens parked in deserted areas Ooh, so this is gonna be interesting and we are going to go at night mm-hmm. so i'm nervous about that um, I'm honestly a big scaredy cat that loves scary things. I don't understand how it works. <laughs> don't but, <either. laughs> but we are going to see. Um, it would be dope if I can get my boyfriend to come. He absolutely is against doing anything scary. He's like, why would I knowingly put myself in scary situations? Like, that is what crazy people do. <laughs> but call me crazy then. <laughs> the best is, yeah. don't you know you're black? <laughs> god yes that's the best thing like black people don't do stuff like that um well look at us we clearly do <laughs> so that's gonna be See, I, I do it because i don't mind like i don't like i don't get scared that's yeah. why i don't mind doing it <laughs> but, october is the month of spook though you know like this is a spooky month so like all the episodes you're getting in october are going to get scarier 
and spookier. So you have to be ready for that. Like our Halloween episode is going to blow you away. It's going to be so scary. Also, in our next episode, we're going to talk about another Maryland experience that Alana asked me to join her on that made (laughs) me so mad. Field of screams. <laughs> and only. All right. Well, we're, we're wrapping this up because we are talking to you guys forever. Right. Um, but yeah. So. Um, See ya. Bye. Oh, wait. No. We we can't go yet. <laughs> Why? We didn't give them the socials. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um. First of all, our sister, our content manager, Jay, created a Twitter for us. I honestly can't tell you if it's as active as I hope it is, but <laughs> but it is literally Hide and Sleep, a paranormal podcast. So that is our at. So, and that's the same for our Instagram. So H I D E. It is. I'm pretty sure it is because I, I just at Hide and Sleep. No, I changed it. Um, I'm pretty 100% positive that I changed it. Let me go to our group chat. This is so sad, guys. Twitter is still hide and sleep, unless you made a new one. I completely made a new one, and I told her she's going to get fired if she doesn't. Yeah, new one. I said new one, hide and sleep, a paranormal podcast, and that's at H-I-D-E ampersand S-L-E-E-P-A-P-A-R-A N O R M A L P O D C A S T. That is Twitter and our Instagram. If you are not following us yet, um, is Hide and Sleep Paranormal Podcast, and that is Hide, spelling out the word and Sleep a Paranormal Podcast, all one word. Um, and we are definitely looking for new people to follow us. Um, new people to um, listen so we're looking for all that so if you want to come back and listen and just laugh with us comment on our post dm us we'd love that yes but definitely share share and we are also on itunes too so make sure after you listen you go and write a review because the more reviews you write, um, the more people will actually be able to see our content on Apple iTunes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, subscribe so that you get the updates and make sure you follow us on any of our socials because we will be on Spotify coming soon and we will give you guys that information once it is official. Exactly. All right. So now is the real ending. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in to our podcast where humor meets horror.